We are live and we are talking about the Clemson Tigers, NC State's homecoming matchup, the Textile Bowl, coming up this Saturday. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome to a live episode of Locked on Wolfpack, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked on. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get up to $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Happy Wednesday, happy live episode of Locked on Wolfpack. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. We have a massive, massive game coming up on this Saturday. It is the Textile Bowl, the latest installment here in 2023. It is also homecoming for NC State, as if the stakes needed to be raised any higher already. We have Clemson and NC State in Raleigh, Saturday, 2 p.m. on the CW Network. Kenton, it's a little bit crazy that last year we had college game day in a primetime slot on ABC. How fast the night changes. Yeah, I mean, it's not just about us. It's also about the fact that Clemson isn't who they are last year either, but we can only control us, right? We only want to talk about us because, I mean, NC State hasn't done their part to, quote-unquote, sell the fight either, right? Like, who wants to watch a team that had more drops than their last opponent had completions? play in prime time. We know what the fans want to see. They want to see uh, deep balls. They want to see amazing aerial acrobatics. They want to see all of the 60-yard the runs and all that, which you could see. NC State has shown you they'll allow one or two. But very seriously, uh, it's it's not really a matter of, of, you know, hey, this is a team that we look at. We look at this game as having serious implications in the conference. Last year, that game was like, oh, if NC State is serious about their dark horse aspirations, they win this game you can pretty much book them in the ACC championship this year, regardless of who wins, nobody is saying like, Oh, the winner of this game, they'll probably mosey their way on into the ACC championship game. Like nobody's business. So it being that too makes sense. Now I would actually argue the stakes are higher for NC state in this matchup because it's a matter of how serious is NC state coming out of this bye week after all of the struggles we have doored in the first half of the season. Now, Clemson, ironically enough, have the same record as NC State at four and three. Now, Clemson's four and three and NC State's four and three feels drastically different. But rolling through Clemson's schedule here that they played already, they opened up with that loss to Duke. So if you're looking for a little bit of solace in this NC State program, Clemson also lost in Durham by 21 points in a primetime slot. So maybe it's not all thunderstorms just kidding it was a bad loss for both programs let's be honest here uh clemson went on to beat charleston southern pretty badly 66 to 17 they'd handled florida atlantic at home 48 to 14 of course probably their biggest game of the year was that overtime loss in clemson to florida state by a score of 31 
to 24. We'll touch a little bit more on that in just a moment. They went up to Syracuse. They beat the Orange by a score of 31 to 14. They beat Wake Forest in a closer game than a lot of people would have imagined. They beat Wake Forest by a score of 17 to 12. And then just this past week at the primetime slot down in Miami, lost to their Hurricanes by a score of 28 to 20 in double overtime. So understanding what Clemson has done so far, they are four and three, just like NC State. What are some of the things that have jumped off the page and what you've seen from Clemson so far this season? I talk a lot about um, quarterback IQ and all that. And I talk about how I'd allow certain things from MJ uh, because he's a young guy and all that. And I guess the same thing would have to go for Cade. But some of the decisions that Cade Klubnik is making, and I mean this very genuinely, right? If this is a game that NC State makes him look like a, a Heisman candidate, there need to be some very tough looks in the mirror. There need to be some changes made immediately. And I'm not a guy that's like, every loss means that there need to be serious changes made. I don't think y'all understand how bad it's been. From throwing a bubble screen on third and one to having your head coach say, that play was not a read. It was a give. And he pulled it and lost them the game on it. Kay Klubnik and the, his play has legitimately like, it's it's one of those moments where, you know, y'all know I, I watch I have to watch all the games for locked on ACC. There are many moments where I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand. It looks like he's regressed from what he was in his freshman year, which is a little bit nonsensical, but he just looks so much worse. He just looks like he's taking so much longer to process things and whatnot. So that's probably what's what's stuck out the most to me. This Clemson defense, they are who we thought they were, very good defense. Very top-heavy. They have some absolute ballers that I wouldn't be surprised if they made a pro bowl or two going forward. Uh, but offensively, especially, again, the quarterback position to play and the decision-making and the playmaking on the perimeter is like, if your name isn't Mafa or Shipley, there are concerns about you. And the tight end, I believe is what, Copenhaver or what? Uh, Burning Stool. Burning Stool. I don't know who I was thinking of with that one. But Burning Stool. tight end. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, Burning Stool. Um, is is a guy that, you know, he, he's – but if you're not one of those three guys, you're looking real funny in the light so far this season. Speaking of looking funny in the light here, I want to talk a little bit about Garrett Riley. Now, Garrett Riley taking the Clemson OC job after playing in the – or coaching in the national championship with TCU. To be honest here, I thought when Garrett Riley took this job in Clemson that he would make Klubnik look like absolute dynamite. Yeah. and just simply haven't seen it at all this season. And, of course, this could be a matter of personnel changes. It's going to take a little bit to get to where Garrett Riley perceives that they should be. But, yeah, simply not the Clemson offense that we've been accustomed to seeing under the guys like Trevor Lawrence, uh, some of which with Kelly Bryant, Deshaun Watson, the list goes on. And so that is a lot of the, I guess, the negative you've seen out of Clemson. The defense is very much still a Clemson defense, I believe. But it's it's almost ironic in that way that it's almost kind of parallel to NC State in the fact that the yeah. offense just simply has not been there to get to where they think that they should be at this point in the season. And the defense, they're, they're doing their best, but they simply can't do it all. And so it is kind of bizarre to see Clemson with a 4-3 and three record coming into the midpoint of this season. But this is where we are. But I'll tell you this much, both teams – desperately 
need this win. I would I would probably say that Clemson's season with three losses already and all three of those being within conference, their season more or less is like effectively over, but at least by Clemson standards. Yeah. NC State yeah. still has plenty to play for here and in order to get any to to make any ground here, you have to win this game. You have to find a way to beat Clemson at home. And I, I don't mean that at all like it's an easy task because it isn't. No, and no. we don't have much confidence to in, instilled in us that they're going to be able to pull off a feat like that. But it is definitely a, a game of something's got to give. And we don't know who it's going to be. This this game, weirdly enough, being you know the name brand of Clemson, I think this is like the most up in the air I have felt about a game so far this year. I truly don't really know what to expect out of this game. But in just a moment here, we're going to be touching on some key names to watch on the Clemson sideline here. But first, we're going to pay some bills. Let me pull up my read here. Our first sponsor of the day is Jace Medical. Uh, Hold on, where'd that go? Sorry. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Of course, I'm talking about the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it takes to get a Jace case is filling out a simple online form and in some cases, jumping on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. This is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. So go to jacemedical.com slash locked on to get $20 off your first purchase. I believe I had that right. Where did my read go? There it is. jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com. Now, we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball for the Clemson Tigers. Now, the names that you're about to hear, they are the usual suspects, but for good reason. So the first player I'm going to bring up here that, I'll, of course, I'll have my eye on is quarterback Cade Klubnick. Right. And I mentioned some of the – I almost called it imposter syndrome. I wouldn't go exactly that far. But I thought Cade Klubnick was going to be a dominant force in this conference this year. You saw a lot of flashes – in his freshman season last year, taking over for DJU. But it simply just hasn't quite come all together for Klubnik in this new offense with Garrett Riley. Of course, Klubnik is completing about 63.5% of his passes. He's thrown for just under 1,700 yards, 13 touchdowns to only three interceptions. Now, the numbers aren't great. They're maybe good but they just simply haven't been good enough. And I believe Klupnik does have a couple touchdowns on the ground as well, but he doesn't run a whole lot, but he has the ability to extend a play. But the point being here, the during Clemson's run of dominance, they've gotten spectacular quarterback play, ultimately a driving force to what took them over the top to win those national championships in addition to dominant defense. Simply haven't quite got there with Cade Klubnik. This will be NC State's first look at Cade Klubnik. And through their first seven games, I wouldn't say he's been the reason that they won their four games. I also wouldn't say he's been the reason they lost their three either. Yeah, yeah. I, I a thousand percent agree. I mean, I 
while I talk about Kay Klubnik's decision making and all that, I also mentioned that there is a lack of perimeter playmaking. At the end of the day, the the quarterback's job, if we're talking about, you know, the three types of quarterbacks, the quarterback that you win in spite of, that quarterback's job, please don't kill us. We'll be okay. Just don't kill us. Just don't don't do anything terrible. We'll be all right. The quarterback that you win because of, brother, it's on you. We need you to go out there and be special. If you if if all you can do is on time, everything needs to be on time and on target for the offense to work, it's not gonna be the thing for you. But the right. quarterback that you can win with is the one that we see most commonly. And that's where K Klubnik is right now. And the reality is his job is to hit guys in stride, get guys the ball when they're open, all that good stuff. There hasn't been anybody doing anything spectacular with it. Yeah. There hasn't been anybody doing anything outside of freshman Brown. Nobody's been doing anything that I'm like, when I watch those games, I'm like, oh man, that's prom- that guy's primetime TV. When he touches it, you whatever you got going on, you stop. You the food in the microwave, let it get cold. You got to go to the bathroom. You hold it for a little bit longer because that guy has the ball. They they don't have that offensively outside of the backfield, and of course, Moffa and Shipley. Right, those two are the the engine that makes the car go at this point. I mean, Moffa is listed at two thirty five. That's a real generous two thirty five. That man is a bowberry biscuit away from two fifty, if you ask me. But he's a big bruising physical back straight downhill no frills he does what he does and he does it well and he's a little bit of a long strider i'm not saying he's super fast but he can pull away from a defense if he gets behind you because again he when he gets those legs going he's just got those long strides of course we know will shipley hey hey will we we still dirty macking over here at nc state so (laughs) yeah i mean all i'm saying is if you don't want a coach to say you shouldn't get paid and all that Come to NC State. No, but seriously, uh, Will Shipley is a special talent as well. He's like a um, he's like a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. He can do a little bit of everything. He can catch it out of the backfield. He's good between the tackles. He's good running to the outside. He's good in, in blitz pickups as well. I mean, you name it, Will Shipley has it in his bag. So all in all, those are the two guys that if NC State can stop them, I can guarantee you a win. If NC State keeps those two out of the end zone and holds them to like virtually no production – NC State will run away with this game, even if we only scored 10 points. Yeah, you mentioned Will Shipley. He was the other guy I was kind of focused in on. Of course, this is our third time seeing Will Shipley, and I do feel like we've done a pretty good job in containing him in both of our previous meetings. That's definitely going to have to continue if NC State is going to have any type of shot in this one. This season, Shipley's averaging just a hair under five yards per carry, and to be honest, I think it should be a lot higher than that I feel like Clemson has almost misused him at times uh, at several points in this season, but he's got a little under 500 rushing yards, only three touchdowns. And this is what I mean at this point in the season from a running back as dynamic as Will Shipley is, you would feel that number would be probably up around 10 at minimum and yeah. sitting at yeah. just three here, a lot of, a lot of head scratching decisions you've seen from Clemson on the offensive side of the ball. But I suppose I'll bring up one more. We've already mentioned him as well. And that is tight end Jake Brenningstool. I believe he had at least a touchdown catch, maybe two against us last year. And it was a backbreaker. And I, I bring this up because Brenningstool is the exact kind of target in this Clemson offense this year that can provide a backbreaker, especially in an NC State Absolutely. defense that has struggled at points, giving up the big play, the chunk play, something that's still plaguing us, especially after this Duke loss. And so, Brenningstool is another one to keep an eye on 
because, you know, I, I still have visions of all those yards we gave up against Notre Dame to their tight end. If we allow anything like that to happen, it could get ugly quick, fast, and in a hurry in Carter mm-hmm. Finley on Saturday. But surprisingly enough, because Clemson's, you know, they, they brand themselves as wide receiver U, Brenningstool actually is their best pass catcher this year, or at least he leads them in reception touchdowns, and that is only three. So you look at the, the top players in production in, in terms of touchdowns and not just yardage. Will Shipley has three touchdowns. Brenningstool leads the, the pass catchers with three reception touchdowns. Crazy yeah. receiving touchdowns. Crazy at this point in the year. And so from a defensive standpoint, just real quick for NC State, you do feel like you have a shot in this game. It, it, it almost feels a little bit like the Louisville game. And we keep bringing that up because that is far and away the best defensive performance we've gotten out of our defensive unit this yeah. season. And so if you're able to string together a an effort like that, and again, you have a pissed off Peyton Wilson after that Duke loss, if he can rally the troops and he can bring this unit together and they can be decisive, execute, doing their own job, not over-pursuing, this, this is a game that could come down to the wire. And again, the, uh, the attention is going to turn to the NC State offense in order to pull out a win here. I mean, that's, that's the reality. That's the reality of what we got here. This game is not going to be won by – this game is not going to be won in a way that I believe is like one team is going to absolutely dominate going away. I don't think that that will be the case here. Uh, when we look at this game from a lot of angles, right, if we look at the history of this thing and we talk about uh, what what the happenings was last time Clemson came into this game with a uh, losing record in conference, that game was 14-13. It's a very similar situation. Clemson had a lot of questions on offense, and, you know, we we kind of weren't able to do that. And, Andy, you're absolutely right. The penalties are going to be a big part of this because in a game where – Like I said, I think this is going to be a defensive struggle and every yard is going to count. At the end of the day, if every yard is counting and you're giving away 15, 30, 40, you're going to lose the game. You're going to lose that game easily um, in terms of, you know, hey, we should be off the field on third down, but instead they get a new set of downs and the defense is back out there. No, we need to we need to do everything that we do with intention. We need to be uh, focused on, you know, at at the end of the day. This game, again, will come down to can we stop their running game and can we generate anything offensively? Can we show up offensively? That's what it's going to mean. Right. You know, I mentioned before that Duke game and their backup quarterback, Henry Beelan, being the starter for that game. I said for NC State to win this game, you feel like you're going to want Beelan to throw as many times as possible. I feel like that will also be the case against Klubnik and Clemson here. If you can contain Shipley enough and you force Cade Klubnick to beat you, I think that will be advantage NC State. And then, again, the attention will be on the NC State offense in order to have a shot in pulling this one out. Absolutely. Now, with that being said, don't make don't make Klubnick an all-star right now. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Certainly don't make him a hero, don't. but I think you have to make him beat you, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In just a moment here, we're going to flip the script and talk about Clemson's defense after another quick word from our sponsors. Second sponsor of the day is FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get up to $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Place just a $5 bet, and yes, that's right, 
you can get $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Now, getting into Clemson's defense, which is still their strong suit. Surprise, surprise. They have, again, no, no different than nearly any other past year with Clemson. A multitude of NFL talents line this defense. Defensive line, just as stout of, as we've seen the past couple of years. Linebacking core, probably one of the top in the country. And their secondary, pretty much as good as ever. I think there is some there is some areas to be exploited there, but it's a good defense. It always has yeah. been for Clemson, you feel like. So I do want to point out, I see that their starting safety, R.J. Mickens, will miss the game on Saturday with appendicitis. And so whoever it is that X-man up for Clemson, that could be a potential area to exploit for this NC State offense. Maybe you want to send... Terrell Timmons deep to see how how uh, how good the next man up exactly is. Maybe an Anthony Smith, like we talked about earlier this week Absolutely. as well. But one of the players I want to highlight here, if the name sounds familiar, it is his son. It's Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Mm-hmm. Again, he's an NFL talent playing in college football. And But here's something crazy I want to point out here. So Trotter is their leading tackler with 48. He has a sack and a half. He has an interception and he has two forced fumbles. I know we're talking about the Clemson defense, but if you want to grasp what an insane season that Peyton Wilson is having, I just told you Trotter leads Clemson's defense with 48 tackles. Peyton Wilson has 81. Trotter has a sack and a half. Wilson has four. They both have one pick. Trotter has two forced fumbles. Peyton Wilson has two fumble recoveries. And again, this is a Jeremiah Trotter Jr., that is being touted as one of the top linebackers in the country. Potential so, yeah. first rounder. Potential first rounder coming in. Yeah. Peyton Wilson is that guy. He has been that guy this year. So again, not to take the attention away from the Clemson defense. I know that's the focus here, but this linebacking core led by Jeremiah Trotter, you're going to expect to see them at some point or another in this backfield. We talked about the the shifts in our offensive line this week, moving a couple of things around, seeing what sticks they're going to have their hands full with a guy like Trotter on Saturday. Yeah, but I want to talk about his running mate. Don't don't stop there because his his partner in crime, Barrett Carter, he likes to say, hey, big head to running backs all the time. He sends that you up text to receivers coming over the middle regularly. You know what that means, Grayson? He's only there to smash and destroy. That is what the young man is there for. He is a, he is a safety that put on some weight and moved down the linebacker, and I'm telling you, he's a freak. He is a freak of nature. He is, he's fast. He's agile. He's, I mean, I would say his only weakness as a linebacker is if you are climbing to the second level as an interior lineman and you get your hands on him, he'll have a hard time locking out and shedding you. But I'll tell you what, if you don't get to him, if he gets to you, oh, he's coming with bad intentions. That young man is not coming to to have a nice conversation and tea. And um, so, you know, those are the guys. But in terms of the drink stir for this entire defense, Tyler Davis is the guy. He was my next one. Tyler Davis is the guy. Big defensive tackle number 13. You know when you see big fellas, 
wearing those crazy numbers, you got to know what's going to happen. You got to know. You ain't, he ain't one to be trifled with, okay? He ain't one to be trifled with. Although Xavier Thomas has come on late and, and has really shown that potential that many people believed he had when he got to Clemson as one of the top-rated players in the nation in his recruiting class, Tyler Davis has consistently been good. And earlier this season, folks are ready to put an APB out. They're ready to put a bolo out for him to say, hey, we, we need him. We need to get him. And lo and behold, Tyler Davis, the real Tyler Davis, has stood up these last few games and played immaculately. He's done a great job of um, causing disruption in the run and the pass. And here's the thing about a defensive tackle being good in terms of what we look at here. Grace and I just talked about how good the linebackers are, right? Do you know what helps those linebackers be good? When you have to stay so focused on the double team that that center and guard or, or that guard and tackle are now just sucked up into Tyler Davis and they can't climb. So now you have linebackers moving and grooving with, with absolutely nobody touching them. And I'll tell you what, like I said, like Grayson said, Trotter, NFL guy, Barrett, NFL guy, they come downhill with no jokes. They come downhill with no ha-has, no he-he's, no funnies, just pain. So, you know, this is, this is a situation where our interior offensive line has to do a good job of dealing with Tyler Davis if we are to, to get production out of our offense. Yeah, you talked about Tyler Davis, a dominant force in the interior of this Clemson defensive line. And especially this year, a lot of times his stats will not tell you the entire story, but the influence he has in this defensive line, it shows up on film. Yeah. The but amount of the effort. That's the essence of defensive line play to some yeah. degree. Yeah. You know I mean, like Vince Wilfork was one of the greatest of all time. Look at the sack numbers. Like he's, yeah. he's not up there with anybody, but he – he is a disruptor. Vita Vey, same type of thing. Tyler Davis is not exactly that size, but he's a lot in that mode of he's just disruptive. He's just – your game plan in terms of running, it has to change unless y'all are absolute road graders in the middle. Absolutely. And so we talked about the the adjustments that the NC State offensive line is going to tinker with this week. Will it be enough to contain a guy like Tyler Davis? I think that's one of maybe a couple million-dollar questions question for this nc state defense uh so i mean it's it is certainly a lot to handle kent you have any any other key players in this clemson defense you want to highlight uh not really i i i would feel remiss if we didn't mention uh makuba in the secondary he's the quarterback of that secondary he's the guy that gets all the calls out and he's always johnny on the spot he's always where he's supposed to be uh, he's a phenomenal athlete as well but um yeah that's that's pretty much it for the most part other than that with all due respect, I think Clemson's corners are wildly overrated. Um, I I'd think agree with you. I think that they're all right. I think that they're too. But in the words of Steve Smith, I think they're Jags, just the guys that like get pumped <laughs> up because of the paw on the side of their helmets. So, um, you know, hopefully we get to see a Timmons, an Anthony Smith, a Julian Gray, those guys get to take advantage of that. Because again, I don't, I don't see these these this secondary outside of Makuba is like, oh, that's that's a world beater there. That, when he's on the field, don't throw to his side. That side is done. Absolutely. Well, that will do it for us here on this live edition of Locked on Wolfpack on this Wednesday. We greatly appreciate all that have jumped in here with us. We appreciate the support. Appreciate you all tuning in. Be sure to comment, like, and subscribe just as you always would in any other episode. Helps us get the word out to new subscribers again. Mash that subscribe button on our climb to 800 and beyond. Again, that'll do it for us here on this Wednesday. Until tomorrow, go Pack. Go Pack.